0: One of the most familiar passages about the events surrounding what we call Christmas is Luke 2, and I want us to focus in this session on verses 1 to 7, and there are three amazing things that we can observe here, but let me read it first, and then we'll see them. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, he was from Nazareth, of the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Father, there are amazing things here about the birth of your son, and I pray that you'd help Uh, See them and be strengthened in our faith by them and made strong and bold and courageous in the face of great odds that appear to be against you, but in fact are no match for you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to watch three things happen in this text, which are amazing. The first is, uh, let's clear it. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Quirinius was a, a Roman governor and that positions this story squarely as not a not a myth but as History. Same as chapter 3. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being the Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip being tetrarch of the region of ituria and Trachonitis, Lycianus being tetrarch of Abilene during the high priesthood of Annas. What in the world is the point of listing off of all those historical flesh and blood people? And the point is, this is not Myth. This is unlike Roman and Greek mythology when you read about Jesus. So that's the first amazing thing we see just from when Quirinius was governor of Syria, meaning this is not in the ethereal heavenly realms of the gods that have no connection with history. This is real history like when the president Trump or Obama or Clinton or Bush was president. That's the first first thing. Here's the second observation. God prophesied in Micah chapter 5, the prophet Micah, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth from me one who is to be ruler in Israel. From you from Bethlehem whose coming forth is of old from ancient of days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. And then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. So Bethlehem was prophesied to be the place where the Messiah would be born. And so you need to get to Bethlehem. So Joseph, The legal father of Jesus, with the betrothed Mary, went up from Galilee, from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Now, God, we know back in 126, sent his angel and chose this woman, this young woman. God chose her and she lives in Nazareth with Joseph, or I mean the same town with Joseph. And God knows that's not going to work. (laughs) Prophecy is not going to be fulfilled if she just gets pregnant by the Holy Spirit there and has a baby. She's got to be in Bethlehem for that birth. God could have chosen any number of Jewish young women in Bethlehem and made it easy for Himself. Or... He could have done some private little providence to get Joseph for some business transaction to take her and go down to, to uh, Bethlehem. What did he do instead? A decree went out from Caesar Augustus in Rome that all the world should be registered, and that's how they get to Bethlehem. <laughs> I mean, think of it. So, what's the point here? Um, The birth of Jesus is not controlled by mindless, imagine that to be mindless, fate, but by a sovereign God who rules empires. I think God is showing this little family and us in particular that he, though he could choose a woman in Bethlehem and not have to have any big empire-wide influence. And though he could choose a little providence in order to get Joseph to go down to Bethlehem, he chooses a massive providence and puts it in the heart of the Caesar, affects the whole world in order to fulfill one tiny prophecy from Micah to get this couple down to Bethlehem where the prophecy will be fulfilled through the birth. And that's going to have direct bearing on the third observation that I want us to see. So when they get there, she gives birth to her firstborn son, wraps him in swaddling claws, and lays him in a manger, a feeding trough, filthy feeding trough. Have you ever seen one? Gross. Because there was no place for them in the inn. Really? Really? Now, think about it. God chooses to get this baby to Bethlehem by controlling the world so fully that Caesar Augustus forms a decree. The whole world has to go to be registered and he can't arrange for a place in the inn. No way. This is planned. That's the point. This birth in a manger is not owing to birth, not by fate in a manger, but by plan. And that plan is the plan of this sovereign God who wields empires and could have wielded an end, for goodness sake, and he didn't want to. Why not? Luke 9, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to them, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests. The Son of Man has no place to lay his head. That's the way it began. That's the way it ends. Second Corinthians 8, 9. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich in eternity, for your sake he became poor, that through his poverty you might become rich. This is a plan. Philippians 2. Though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, made himself nothing, emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. A servant in a trough, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form, he humbled himself in a trough, becoming obedient to the point of death. This is how we are saved. Mark 10:43. whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoever would be first must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. The point of this story right here is that God is massively in control of the empire. He uses that massive control to fulfill his prophecy in Bethlehem, and he uses it to make sure all the ends are full. And this baby of his, this son of his, is born in the lowest possible condition because that's the position from which He will serve us all the way to the cross, and we will be saved.